0: Well, hey there, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Ange, from Angela Henderson Consulting, where I'm an international award-winning business consultant and coach who has helped thousands of amazing women business owners to get all the pieces in place to have consistent four and five-figure months and then on to six and seven-figure years without burning out in the process. Over on my Instagram account the other day at Angela Henderson Consulting, I posted a meme that said, hey. Imposter syndrome, would you kindly fuck off? Sincerely, everyone. It's been one of my most active posts that I've done in a while. Within that post, I then went on to say this. If you ever question whether or not you deserve your small business success, you may be suffering from imposter syndrome. This is a real thing that impacts the growth and confidence of many small business owners. It's that nagging voice inside of you telling that you're a fraud that you don't know what you're doing, that you're not worthy enough of your success, and that any tiny tiny mistake that you make will expose you at any given moment. If this sounds like you, I have some news for you. You deserve to be exactly where you are. You deserve success. You wouldn't be here if you didn't put in the work and your success indicates just how much you deserve everything you have. Let me repeat that. You wouldn't be here, my friend, if you didn't put in the work and your success indicates how much you deserve everything you have. Let that sit for a moment. You deserve everything you have. Let me go on to say also that it's safe to have everything you have. But because imposter syndrome is something that impacts each of us at some stage in our lives or at multiple times in our life, I decided to bring on the amazing Emma O'Brien. Emma has helped. So many people from around the world who are pre and post six figure females break through the doubt that slows their growth. I mean, that's it. How often does imposter syndrome stop our growth? She combines subconscious transformation with mindset and strengths coaching. And this is the mission, her mission to help women entrepreneurs step out of doubt and into the next level. And Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about five ways to silence your inner critic and stop imposter syndrome. In this episode, we're specifically going to talk about what is imposter syndrome. I mean, I've already touched upon it. We're also going to talk about what are the biggest issues that imposter syndrome creates for business owners and how is that showing up every single day. We also talk about why is it so common amongst entrepreneurs? I mean, I pretty much know. Actually, I don't know a single entrepreneur who doesn't have imposter syndrome or has had it at some stage. We're also going to talk about, you know, what is her real opinion and thoughts about what is the real key to overcoming it? And then she's also going to give us five simple tips that we can start taking right now to stop imposter syndrome in its tracks. It's going to be an awesome episode, a very important episode, because imposter syndrome, like I said, impacts all of us. You need to learn how to nip it in the ass. But before we jump on to this amazing episode, I'd like to let you know that this episode is sponsored by my 12-month group of business coaching accelerator program, Profit Pillars. In Profit Pillars, I show you how to transform your business so that you can make more money, hell yes, to five-plus figure months, reach more people, and have more time to enjoy with your family and friends, not to mention put the end to burnout for good. For just $8 per day, you get one-to-one access with me, live monthly goal-setting sessions, fortnightly hot seat calls where your business questions will be answered, live co-working sessions where you have the opportunity to work on your business versus in your business. We've got monthly guest experts from around the world that talk about things like scaling, systems, hiring your first hire, et cetera. We've got live monthly mindset sessions with my mindset coach that talk about self-sabotage, limiting beliefs, and more. You also get access to my business vault and templates, not to mention the VIP facebook group for daily support and did i mention building your network because your network equals your net worth it is so much goodness my 12 month accelerator program so as i said for just eight dollars a day to grow a profitable business you're going to want to join my 12 month group coaching program profit pillars that shows you how to transform your business so you can make more money reach more people and have more time to enjoy your family and friends head to angela and click on my services section and from there choose my accelerator program to get started a day I cannot wait to start supporting you. Now let's get into this very, very important episode. Welcome to the show. Emma,
1: so excited to have you here today. I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes,
0: it's, it's been it's been less than a year that we both came into each other's world it was by a mutual and fan fantastic human being, Joe Bendel, who connected us when I was running my Women in Business Success Summit. And now we're here. And it's just, again, I, I say this almost every podcast with every guest I have, is there's something to be said about connections. And just, you know, you have a conversation with one person, they lead to someone else, that person comes into your world, becomes this beautiful story and this beautiful just peace that unfolds. So I'm super excited to hear here to have you on for today just to be talking about imposter syndrome, something that happens to each and every one of us. And I also think it happens at different growth spurts in our world too, right? When it comes back and knocking. So I can't wait to get into that today. But before we do, I always like to ask a fun question uh, to my guests so that the audience gets an opportunity to get to know you a little bit more for who you are versus just, you know, Emma O'Brien speaking about imposter syndrome. And so when I was doing my research for this particular episode, I found that you had celebrated your 25th Valentine's day together with your partner and it appeared to be a nice bottle of champagne or some sort of alcoholic beverage or non-alcoholic. I don't know. I'm making assumptions there. So my question is, is what is your all time favorite wine or champagne to sit back and just celebrate with?
1: Oh, wow. Um, Champagne's not a common occurrence in our house, but it is something that we absolutely love and kind of do take a moment to clink a glass with, you know, when it's a special occasion. But I guess my favourite tipple has to be a real nice, full-bodied red wine. My okay. dear, juicy Malbec. <laughs> So the red wine. Now,
0: I know at time of recording, the UK still has quite a few restrictions in place around this whole little nice little word that we hate COVID. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so has the red wine been out more often than not these last little few months?
1: Well, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about it, hasn't there? You know, people just really slipping into kind of wine time a lot earlier. And I think, you know, that was definitely that was definitely something that was happening during the summer last year. But Reined it in, <laughs> I'm to it in. Say. definitely reined it in this year but it's so it's such an easy
0: I think and fascinating you know kind of side topic right is that when when COVID came here in, in Australia and I say came here because listen we're very fortunate our cases are really much controlled by a um, hotel quarantine at the moment in Australia we have like zero community cases in the state that I live in pretty much across Australia so we're very fortunate um but there's this essence that I think people, you know, forget about coping, right? And the thing is is that when your world is turned upside down, whether or not it's imposter syndrome creeping in, right? Or what, whatever that looks like, is sometimes like it's it's hard not to cope the way that we normally would cope because of again the whole, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You're just literally trying to get by, right? You're trying to go, mm-hmm. I've got to juggle school and I have to juggle my business and now I'm like. My partner's with me, nine to five also. Now I've got desk mates, right, that I've got to juggle. Like, it's a lot for people. And one of the things that, you know, I'm curious to see, and I hope it's not as bad, Emma, is the mental health of people. Here in Australia, the city that's been hit the hardest is a city called Melbourne. Melbourne. And I was saying to some of my mastermind clients, the importance of understanding that they could start to see symptoms of like a PTSD type symptom coming in, right? Where if you look at like trauma, trauma can be defined so differently for so many different people. But it's something to be mindful of is that what we've experienced is really has has had an impact on all of us. And so for those of those, whether or not you're in the UK or whether or not you're in Australia... I think it's important to be mindful of, you know what I mean, that physiological and that mental um, brain capacity, I guess, for for coping, right? It's, it's just so important. Yeah. I, and I just don't think there's enough conversations being had about mental health and the impacts that it has had for both short and long term for businesses, but just anyone in general.
1: Yeah, I think you've hit on something really, really important here. And this is something that I talk about quite a bit as well. And that is around how important paying attention to our resilience is to our well being and our mental health. And what a lot of us perhaps haven't realised is that over, you know, such a prolonged period that the things that we rely on to make us resilient, you know, that ability to sort of pick yourself up after a setback to bounce forward, you know, mm. not just bounce back. Yep. Some of those elements have disappeared or been reduced. And a lot of that might be around social contact, um, getting out and about and, and experiencing a change of environment, you know, different things that added into that pot multiple small things you know have just not been available to us or have been changed in some sort of way you know notwithstanding any kind of specific trauma or experience that people may have had so yeah it's a it's a big thing for us to pay attention to and just the the long-term effect of worry and anxiety on our system and what we what we're actually able to cope with and our expectations on ourselves.
0: And I think we'll we'll talk a little bit more later on about imposter syndrome, obviously, in general, we're going to talk about that hot topic throughout all today's episode. But later on, I do want us just to come back to my observation with imposter syndrome is that over the last year with this whole COVID thing, right, is I've actually found it to be in more people's lives than ever before. And so we'll come back to later because I'm curious to see what your observations are over the last year and the impact that COVID has had and on how it's influenced imposter syndrome in people. So we'll come back to that. But before we hop into this, and now that I obviously have a clear indicator that red is what you love. All right. And now mm-hmm. that I know it sends you for the holidays. All right. I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about your business journey. Where did you start and what are you up to now?
1: Oh, so my business journey really started. Um, I guess <laughs> the moment I decided the corporate life wasn't for me anymore, and <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and when I went back after having my son, uh, back to work after my son, I decided that I was going to work part time in order to grow a business on the side. And I didn't know what that was going to be, but I knew it was going to be about helping women, in particular, to feel more confident in themselves and to. Yeah, to just feel better about juggling everything they have going in their life. And that was really what I started off doing, just kind of finding my way and building up my kind of coaching expertise and experience and um and, and building around that. And then um when I, I realized that coaching couldn't always reach the parts that were necessary for really um thorough transformation for helping people get unstuck quickly and i, I retrained in, in rapid transformation therapy um which is a fantastic um therapy for really helping people transform at the subconscious level because that's where everything that's where everything goes on right you know that's 100%. <laughs> the subconscious is responsible for you know 95 percent maybe even more of our daily actions our decisions our behaviors and that's only because our brain's so efficient you know we can't relearn how to do everything every day so you know it's out of efficiency that That it works in that way. However, when it comes to changing stuff that you really need to change in your life, then that's where the change really needs to be um, taking place. So I trained in RTT because it's so amazing at, at helping people overcome all sorts of issues. And that opened up a world of possibility for me. And so I began to really see that because of the results I could get for people, that it was really going to be the thing that would enable me to actually step out of the corporate world for good and and have a sustainable business. Um, And I started seeing clients for all sorts of things, you know, that was weight or drinking, depression, anxiety, um, or, or whether it was more around sort of performance issues, you know, public speaking and things like that. And I love the variety, but when I really um, thought about it, the clients that I loved working with the most are the driven, you know, people on a mission really wanting to do something with their life and their business, but they're being held back by Mm -hmm. something, you know, Um, doubt, fears, uh, limiting beliefs. And so that's really where, you know, when I decided that that's what I wanted to to help people with Mm -hmm. Um, the more time I spent in the entrepreneurial world, the the, the more I started to see imposter syndrome popping up everywhere. Mm -hmm. Like literally um, when I started to inquire about, you know, what are the biggest mindset challenges that you're facing? What's, you know, what's really holding you back? Um, It was all of these doubts and lack of confidence, doubting in, in, in your ability and your, um, you know, your your intelligence um, and capability and competence that was coming through loud and clear. And this was affecting people at all levels as well. And I was really curious about it because it resonated so much with me. I'd had so much personal experience of it in the corporate world that I knew the steps I could help people with. And so that's what became, you know, a big area of focus for me. Uh, so now I specialize in working with entrepreneurs and, and business owners on imposter syndrome and the forms of doubt and limiting beliefs that hold them back from their whatever their next level of success is for them and um yeah and I do that through a membership through one-to-one work through a group program so all sorts of, of ways really it's fantastic,
0: and it's so important. You know, I often talk about strategy. I, I will get you so far with strategy, 100%. And there will be a lot of people who will be successful. But if you want to really step into that that groundbreaking work and really make that impact that you want to have for either yourself, your community, you know, leaving leaving a legacy, etc., is there's there's work internally that has to be done. And you know, your external world is a direct reflection of your internal world, and you know so many people are like yeah I'm stuck on money or I can't get to the next th- you know level I can't get to the next level I'm like you've got to get to the root cause like what's going on and like you said that subconscious level is trying to tell you something like like I said it doesn't lie it's it's there it's guiding you right and it's like if you don't get to the root and pull that root up from the ground it's going to keep being ingrained and to keep digging do you know what I mean further and further and embedding itself within you. So it's imperative that we look at the subconscious and But yet so many, you know, as a business consultant, I believe it's my role to make sure that I cover these things. And so though I can pick up on mindset and I can do that, you know, I bring in a mindset coach specifically for my programs to because it's like I then can do this part, they can do that work and we can complement each other. But to me, you can't have one without the other. You really can't. Um, uh, and if you choose to, that's all right. But I would suspect that you will limit yourself with your growth overall because every stage in business, there's different things that your subconscious needs. Do you know what I mean? You know, that you need to dive a little bit deeper, uh deeper on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and you can be the and this is the thing that breaks my heart. This is this is where the, the fire in my belly comes from, is you can be the most talented, amazing person. But if you don't believe in yourself, mm-hmm. then that talent's only going to get you so far. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know? And those people that say like,
0: fake it till you make it. I'm like, come on. Do you know I mean it's like the worst <laughs> saying ever as far as I'm concerned, right? Because it's like, okay, maybe like you said, it will get you so far, right? But again, you can't fake it. You can't, you have to look at yourself in the mirror and start to work out what's ticking, what isn't ticking and how again do we get to that root, right? So You know, if you're if you're just uh, a listener out there today who's just in the beginning stages of business. But equally, if you're a listener out there and you've been in business for five to 10 years or so forth. Right. The reality of it is, is don't you will always have internal work that needs to be done. It doesn't stop. Right. So the sooner you can do it. I'm going to tell you the faster you're going to uh, propel the growth of your business. So that's why I'm so glad that you are here today to talk about the five ways to silence your inner critic and stop imposter syndrome. For me, though, I'm curious, before we really jump into it, Emma, I'm curious to know how, like, you've talked a little bit about it, but how did you, like, Like was there a particular moment? Was there a particular theme? Was there a particular person, maybe? that you were like, like 360, this is what I'm specializing in. I'm specializing in helping, you know, entrepreneurs overcome their debts, specifically in for imposter syndrome. Like, was there anything in particular or was it just like a hunch or what was it?
1: Yeah, it was the penny really dropped. I mean, I'd been working in this area for a little while anyway, but then the penny really dropped when, um, my face-to-face therapy business obviously kind of disappeared overnight Um, and although I had I had sort of 50% um, you know one foot in the in the online world and and one foot sort of definitely in my face-to-face therapy business but when obviously Covid came along and I had to um, you know I couldn't see clients face-to-face anymore I just you know did that 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 review of what what is it the thing that that I'm most passionate about? And it was helping business owners. Like I say, it's driven people who've got talent, but can't always see it or believe in themselves enough to really get it out there. And I was, (laughs) I felt a bit challenged and and triggered by the um, amount of free help that was going to key workers at Mm -hmm. the time. You know, I was like, hang on a minute. Yeah, I get it. And I was also offering support in that way. However, I was just seeing the uncertainty rippling through the communities of small business owners. And I thought, where's the help for these guys? Mm -hmm. You know, what's going on here? You know, so I created this pop up community for a mindset support for business owners, just a free group. And it was in that group where I was working, I was going live every day, I was giving tips, you know, really kind of helping people to get motivated, keep going and that sort of thing, that, you know, this issue of imposter syndrome was just so apparent. Mm -hmm. And I created my program um, for those people and, you know, it kind of just mushroomed from there Mm -hmm. and the more I've you know done guest expert slots with um you know with with business coaching groups and talked about it more generally the more people are putting their hands up Mm -hmm. and it's a great thing because people weren't talking about it you know and they were feeling it and experiencing it but thinking they were the only one Mm -hmm. and actually it's everyone (laughs) and that's you know that's what I'm
0: so excited to talk about today because everyone experiences this but when you first experience and you don't have the name for it i know i was like what the hell is this feeling do you know what I mean like what's going on why do i think this you know and i'm like oh my god well i can't talk about it because surely i'm the only one and then also it's like "No, hold on there's a whole world of us that are all getting hit with this right so today when you listen to this and if imposter syndrome is kind of a new word to, for you or even again it, you've heard about it before it's going to be really important to to like a few pennies might drop for you because you might go, actually, there's a name to this. Or actually, yes, I I totally resonate with this. And that's why it's similar to talking about mental health, in my opinion, Emma. To me, it's a topic that must be spoken about because there can be stigma attached with imposter syndrome, right? There can be shame attached with imposter syndrome. There can be fear attached with imposter syndrome. And to me is I want to be able to normalize that we all go through this, but you know, what can people do to stop it in its tracks? And that's what we're going to talk about today. But just so that all of the listeners, including myself as the interviewer and yourself, just so we're all on the same page, can you explain really briefly what is imposter syndrome? Just so again, it's a clean slate and everyone, you mean, for this purpose of this episode is all talking the same language.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, the first thing I will say is that it's not a syndrome. There is not a medical diagnosis, but that is the popular term. And I'm not going to rail against something that's easily, you know, (laughs) if it makes it, if if the label makes it easy for people to grab hold of and understand and talk about, then I'm I'm all for that. But Mm -hmm. it's a phenomenon and it's a fear, essentially, Mm -hmm. that you're going to be found out. So Mm -hmm. it's quite an irrational fear for for people, but it stems from the feeling that you're not as intelligent or as competent as other people seem to think that you are. Mm -hmm. And it has its roots in um, how you view your own competence and intelligence. And often these views will be formed from when you were little and growing up, you know, Mm -hmm. um, the messages you picked up, from your family, from teachers, maybe. And you form this view about your intelligence. Now, what happens is when you become successful and you start to achieve things, is you start to look around and think, oh, how did I get here? This must have been luck, or maybe someone's made a mistake, or, you know, I'm going to get found out any moment. And this is where the sort of fear and anxiety starts to come up for people. Mm-hmm.
0: And I know, like, when I'm a very big believer, when I speak with either my one-on-one, my masterminds, my group coaching, et cetera, like I say, like, listen, your success or failure comes down to your action or inaction, right? Like, I can still show up. I can still do this. But there are still times when I'm like, you know, I wonder, like, like you said, is this luck? How did I get here? Do you know what I mean? Is this too could to be true? I know every time when I kind of go through a bigger growth spurt, you know, and get through that next financial level, I kind of, the, the, the imposter stuff starts to come in just a little bit more, right? I've learned though that it's like a muscle, like at the gym though, right? The more you work on it, it's easy to identify quickly and then to nip it in the ass quickly, right? Because I've worked hard on having to build that resilient muscle. But if you haven't built the resilient muscle and really gone back to like, what you're talking about, some of those beliefs or stories that you were told as a child, it's going to be very hard. And it's going to take lot, it's going to drain you longer for longer periods because you can't nip it in the butt, right? So, yeah. okay. So we now know imposter syndrome. Like you said, it is not a syndrome. It is a phenomenon, you know, but When you talk about imposter syndrome, particularly, what have you found or what are the biggest issues with imposter syndrome that create specifically for business owners? And does it show up in a particular way on any given day?
1: So, yeah, I mean, what some of the really common things that people describe happening for them is if we think about the connection, first of all, between how we think affects how we feel. Mm -hmm. And that affects the action that we take and the outcomes that we experience, you know, the Mm -hmm. results we get. So when you are thinking thoughts of, who am I to do this? I don't belong here. I'm going to be found out. And that becomes worry and fear. What's the action that you take? Well, quite often it's inaction Mm -hmm. or it's, it's overdrive, you know, it's going the other way because it's our response to this fear this intense fear that it that we're going to get found out so Mm -hmm. it stops people from doing things like posting Mm -hmm. on social media it means that people discount the importance of what they do and therefore that comes out often in pricing it um Often people don't even spot opportunities because they just automatically, you know, if you're operating from it, I'm not good enough space. And, you know, when there's somebody asking you if you want to be on a podcast or broadcasting, I need some guest experts to come and join me. You're just not even thinking that they're talking to you or that they might be talking to you. You know, so it happens in terms of, you know, opportunities. It may happen in terms of awards and recognition. You don't take it in. And all of these things are not great for business. (laughs) No, not at all. And so much of what we need to be doing as entrepreneurs, the action that we take every day is is actually fear inducing. It's likely to trigger these these feelings because it, it does involve putting yourself out there. It does involve the risk of being judged and you know rejected as far as our brains are concerned it involves all of that stuff all of the time and that's the work is getting getting okay with that but so so you've got inaction at one end of the spectrum and and not doing things not spotting things and then at the other end of the spectrum you've got overwork Mm -hmm. you've got over preparing trying to make everything perfect putting more hours more effort and energy into things in you know in the hope that it's good enough, Uh that you don't get found out, that you do stack up to others. And so that's, you know, I see that and that obviously can lead to to burnout and, um, you know, ingrained habits around, around overworking. And
0: to kind of elaborate a little bit more on that, I
1: mean, you've talked a little bit about, you know,
0: why, you know, what it looks like, what are the biggest issues that it creates, But in your experience, because you've worked with a variety of people in different sectors and now specifically that business kind of sector, I'm curious to know, what are your thoughts about why is it so common specifically with entrepreneurs? I mean, like I said, it happens in corporate and it does happen across, I mean, all people at some stage. But why specifically the cohort of entrepreneurs?
1: Yeah, I think much about the conditions that entrepreneurs are working in makes it more challenging. So this tends to affect people who have high standards you know who are achievers and when you think about the people who gravitate towards you know having a business of their own being an entrepreneur they are going to be the people who are striving for achievement you know the people who want to do something with their lives Uh um so I think already we're we're into there's a segment of the population who are, are, are more likely therefore to experience these feelings but then when you look at the conditions that we work in you know many people are solopreneurs and um, working alone makes it so much easier for you to perpetuate that skewed view of yourself to not really have that broader all encompassing holistic view of yourself that you might get if you're in a supportive team with a great manager in a corporate environment who's helping you to see yourself in the you know in the bigger the more in the round so I think working alone and you know not having that broader perspective of ourselves is a is a big um is a big thing mm-hmm. i think um the online world makes it super easy to compare unrealistically to others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, who doesn't,
0: I mean, there's certain times that like, you know, for me too, it's this, I'm very mindful that I can be triggered by something, right? It doesn't happen as often as it used to, because again, I've built that, right? But there's still times that I'm like, well, hold on, stop. Why is this triggering me? Again, get to the root of it, try and understand, sit and reflect on it. But there's some times where I'm just like, you know what? I am starting to compare myself with others, right? It like again, it starts to creep in. So maybe for a while I'll unfollow that person just for a little while. So again, I still am working on it. I'm not dismissing it and just putting it in a box and saying, ignore this because it's going to come up and show up again. Someone else will trigger me, right? But the thing is, is it's a it is, it's like the the amount of time people are scrolling or that you also only see such a small percentage of what is actually going on in someone's world, right? And so it's easy to think that everything's picture perfect and this person has their shit together. But as I was saying on a podcast episode the other day is that there's always a story behind every person, right? On their successes, on their failures, where they started and where they're at. So it's like, don't judge off that surface level, you know? So I don't know, but I I just definitely think that with, you know, Clubhouse and... Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all this it's like and especially as entrepreneurs because we're on those platforms so often for our own marketing purposes that it's it's always in our face right so yeah. I can totally see as it like it's just more evident and more predominant in our world and therefore more like more likely to yeah catch it you know for ourselves
1: yeah and we're social beings you know we 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 we're kind of wired to compare so it's only natural that you will but who compares, you know, in the round? We're always cherry picking, aren't we? You know, the best of everybody. And then, and then of course, we're never going to stack up amongst that. So I think that that is a really big thing, you know. And people will often compare themselves in terms of their entrepreneurial journey against somebody that's been in the business for years, you know, way ahead of them and, and thinking that they are lacking somehow because they're not where where they are. And that leads me on to my my third point, I think, which is around, expectations I think you know it can be I see a lot of people putting so much expectation on themselves so you know you get a specialist in a particular area so say you're a nutritional therapist and you're an amazing nutritional therapist you know everything you need to know and you can help your clients get amazing results okay and then you need to learn the tech you know you need to learn how to do sales pages you need to work out how to navigate instagram facebook marketing you need to know how to plan your numbers and all of that stuff and that stuff is you know maybe that's not something you're an expert in you know and maybe you need to learn that stuff but part of the way imposter syndrome shows up for people is that they feel they should just be able to pick stuff up easily and if they don't if they struggle and find things hard it means they're not intelligent it means they're not good enough Mm-hmm. and you know and and so that is a big thing is actually you know recognize where something you just got to learn it you know you didn't kind of when you were learning to read nobody was shouting at you going why have you got that <laughs> word wrong you know it was like you learned it piece by piece and mm-hmm. you know and then now you just read so automatically and we forget i think um that there is and a lot of learning curves in business to go through um, and expectations can be a little bit unrealistic.
0: And with those people with those like unrealistic expectations or the perfectionism or any of that comes in place they might be like okay imposter syndrome's taken over more of my life than what it needs to be ladies I'm hearing what you're saying I'm shaking my head I'm agreeing or I'm writing notes have you found is there any real key to overcome this like you know, like what are your what is your data? Mm. What have what is your case studies? What what shows it because it's it's not just an easy, you know, quick fix, right? It's an ongoing process. So is there but is there one thing that you're like, listen, ladies and gentlemen, this is one thing that definitely can help you, do you know what I mean? To so start, do you mean kicking this in the butt?
1: Yeah. So I think the big, I love distilling things down. And I mean, this is, this can be quite complex, you know, and this can be quite intense for people, you know, and it's on a spectrum. Some people, you know, experience it less frequently than others. And for other people, it will be really intense and really debilitating. Okay. But the thing I think that really, I just want people to take away from this, the key to understanding it is the importance of these two questions. The first one is who am I? So when we are in our, Like when we're in flow, when we forget about ourselves and we're doing things that we enjoy and we're like in the moment, you know, at one with the music, so to speak, we are not thinking I'm an imposter, I'm going to be found out. You know, we are just doing our stuff. We are, you know, focusing on our strengths. So if you think about there's this, you know, this sliding scale of at one end, that's you in flow, being your best self. And then on the other end is this more constructed, doubting version of you. And we all go up and down that sliding scale. You know, it's not it's not that you're always going to be at that expanded self end of it, you know, However, just being observant about where you are in that and trying to do more stuff that enables you to be at your best, mm-hmm. then you are going to um, naturally spend less time in the imposter zone. Mm-hmm. It, makes, it makes total sense. Yeah, it, it does. It's like it's really that's the simplest way that I can I can put this. And the other element to it is this feeling of belonging, feeling that you belong is also really important because when you you know when you're in a room and you think oh I don't belong here I must be a fraud you know fake for being here so again it's that sense of belonging but when you feel you belong and you're in great company and you fit in then you're not thinking about being a fake and a fraud and that you'll be found out so again this 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 feeling and and being in communities where you feel you belong And doing things to help yourself feel that you belong, to show yourself that you belong is also a really important key to this. And with
0: those important, you know, those two important keys that we've just talked about, And people, because it's kind of like I look at it as like the foundation stone, right, to understand Mm -hmm. these two keys that you've talked about. But are there, you know, one of the things we're going to dive deep into now is what are the five steps people can take to stop it in its tracks? Like, what are the tangible things for those listeners out there that are going, okay, if I do these five things, I'll be on my way, you know, towards, you know, kicking it in the butt. So can you tell, walk us through those five steps?
1: Sure. Yeah. So step one is is about approaching this with a really healthy perspective. So we get trapped in our thinking sometimes and you can get trapped in this imposter thinking really easily. But if you rise above it, you can get dominion over your thoughts and they don't trap you so much. So if you, um, you know, you, you come from this perspective of, look, I'm feeling this way because I must be onto something that's important You know, I'm stepping outside my comfort zone and that's a good thing. So going with curiosity and compassion, you know, recognizing that we aren't our thoughts. You know, as Jim Fortin says, we are the thinker of our thoughts. Mm -hmm. And so that perspective, I think is just really helpful. That and knowing that like so many entrepreneurs feel this way and we're not all imposters. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely step one perspective. And step two is really around self-discovery so self-discovery always comes before self-development understanding yourself more deeply holds the key to to liberating you from all manner of of doubt and helping you kind of pick yourself up and keep going when it when it shows up so um as I've said before you know step two is definitely got to be working on those beliefs you know whether that's getting help to do it or, you know, recognizing some of the things for yourself and doing it, you know, it's always worth it. If there's something that's really repeating over and over, over again, getting help with it is so important because if, if it's at the subconscious level, if it's, you know, a deeply held belief that you have that ultimately is holding you back, then you're going to be working very hard against that. Uh, and so getting help with that is 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 really important and really key. Um, because that change changes that instinctive programming that we have, and it helps you release those beliefs that you picked up about yourself and your intelligence. You know, maybe that um, you know when your teacher diminished you and called you a, a monkey for being rubbish at maths, as my teacher did once. You know that that may have had more of an impact than you realize because the conclusions you form and the beliefs you form when you're very young. They are often down to those interactions, you know, you form your opinion of yourself that you live by as an adult from, from some of those almost minor traumas that you've experienced in life, not just the big stuff. So really kind of over, overcoming those um, and telling yourself a different story is very important. So the belief I also think, is
0: definitely... you know, self-discovery, I think, is something that all this because predominantly I work with women 99% of the people I work with is women I do work with men but it's you know it's rare that I work with men and it has to be that again I could help them whether regardless if you're a man or a woman but my thing that I found is is that with women in particular is they don't allow themselves the moment re- really to like just be in it they don't allow themselves that self-discovery they don't allow themselves the space right because you know, if you're a mom, if you're juggling things, the world is that our time is limited, right? But the sooner, in my opinion, that you can allow yourself to have that self discovery, is you know that's where healing comes from. And as I posted on a face or on my Instagram page one day about like they talk about like let that shit go, like so it could be easy for someone to say like let that shit go about imposter syndrome, but I'm with like no, be with that shit, deal with that shit, heal with that <laughs> shit, right? And then when you're ready, let that shit go, right? it's again, it's these things that people tell us, just let it go, let it go. No, man, you have to address it, right? So that's, I love that you brought up step two is a self-discovery, because if you allow yourself the space and the energy to actually unpack and discover it, change and growth is going to happen. But so often, we don't allow that to happen. So I appreciate you bringing it up. So what is the kind of third step you've, that you've, do you know what I mean, that you think is really vital for people to kind of have these breakthroughs with the imposter syndrome?
1: Yeah this is the essential piece getting to know your strengths Mm -hmm. because you have to get a new definition of who you are what you're great at you know and when you know that stuff you can spend more time doing it you can Mm -hmm. embrace all of yourself you know you're going to spend more time in that your best self zone instead of the imposter zone Mm -hmm. you'll be um you know able to communicate more about who you are and, and really embrace all of who you are when you know your strengths um, and that is is so important because I think we we forget and our school systems are, are also great for, for doing this but we forget all of the stuff that make us unique because we get you know we go through this sort of sausage factory of, of education which is all about giving people a rounded education but actually uh, Talent. If you think about our talents as points on a star, we want to make those points bigger and brighter, not mm-hmm. round them off and spend mm-hmm. time filling in the gaps and our weaknesses, because that just drains us. So the key to really kind of feeling at your best, being your best self, and not worrying so much about you know comparing to others is definitely to to know your strengths. So I'm a massive strengths advocate.
0: And I know when I used to be an ex-mental health clinician, and I did that for 15 years, you know, DBT, CBT, all the different types of therapies that I did, but strength training was one of the best. And there's this beautiful, I think it's St. John's Innovative Cards here in Australia, and they have these beautiful, you know, strength cards. And I remember a lot of group therapy that I would do is, is we would talk about, I'd lay the cards out and I would say, choose one card, right? And it could actually, it was... It was quite difficult for people to choose a card, right? They didn't want to own that space. And when we unpacked it a little bit more, they said, well, listen, like, I didn't want you to think that I was being conceited or that I was up myself or whatever, right? And people didn't want to own that. But understanding your strengths is such a benefit because you can lean into it. And that's where you can look at, like, what can I outsource, right, to other people where it isn't my strength? Um, I just did the Enneagram uh, just recently with this lady over in the United States, which was really great to... You know, explore those nine kind of key enneagrams. I think it's nine off the top of my head, and understanding more about like what is what are my strengths, and am I staying true to those strengths, and am I adding it to my why. So, I love that you're also addressing, you know, understanding your strengths because you can really embrace, lean into it, and have significant growth from that. So, I love it.
1: Yeah, so imagine, you know, as an adult, you get to redefine yourself against you know, as how you want. So, learning about your strengths, taking an assessment, there's some great ones out there. I'm a Clifton Strengths Advocate, um, and I'm trained in, in that. So I work with that with people. And it's it, it is life-changing for people to really know and understand their strengths. You know, it's a bit like um, imagine, you know, the, the X-Men characters when they They start to realize that they've got some kind of superpower, but they don't really like to own it. And they feel a bit embarrassed or they don't really know how to work with it. You know, and they all sorts of um, hilarious or catastrophic consequences happen as a result of them not really knowing what to do with their own superpowers. But their journey is often that they learn to master it and then they embrace who they are and they accept who they are. And, you know, that's the that's the journey of, of, of exploring your strengths. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, love it. All right. So what (laughs) is step number four?
1: Yeah. So if you've been experiencing fear, then you're likely to have some coping strategies that you've developed. So we talked about it already. Avoidance. Mm-hmm. and overworking. And both of them are traps that will keep you stuck in fear and this imposter syndrome. So you have to look at those habits, you know, if you're overworking and over then you need to look at that and, and, and make some decisions, get conscious about it, how much effort and energy and time does this task deserve? Okay, right, that's what I'm gonna give it Um, Mm -hmm. you know and you can start to monitor that and know with our healthy perspective that we talked about in step one that maybe this is just distorted thinking going on so you get to turn yourself off autopilot you get to choose how much you work what what each task you know deserves in terms of energy and time and effort and if it's avoidance that's your go-to habit then, you know, think of it like a flight or freeze response that you're getting. It's just your body. This is trying to protect you ultimately. So go easy, you know, just focus on the next step, the baby step. Maybe it's you break it down a little bit further. Maybe today you just make a decision on something. Maybe tomorrow you take the next step of action. So it is about, you know, spotting and adjusting and getting conscious and intentional about those habits
0: again getting intentional about that right and again it goes down to the action or inaction you take it's all well and good that you write a habit down right if you don't do anything with it if you're not intentional with it it's still just going to be you know, nothing's going to change right you still have to take action you still have to be proactive you've got to own that change to happen and that's why a lot of these habit books i'm like i actually think they shouldn't be allowed to be on the shelves if you're 100 honest because I feel it can actually be quite detrimental. Just do this and this is going to happen. No, unless you get to the root of it. Again, I keep talking about that, that subconscious stuff. It's going to just keep repeating itself. But then these (laughs) books, like, and so all these people read these self-help books where I'm like, no, this is really bad. This is really can fuck with people's heads, right? But yet these books keep getting sold and sold and sold and sold right and so I do feel and maybe it's because I'm in the entrepreneur space maybe I'm very it's because I'm very big about mindset and subconscious and healing and all that right that maybe I'm just I see it more because I'm more open to it right but I yeah I'm very big about breaking down you know some of these myths around this stuff because it's like you have to have intention you have to work on yourself like all these things it just doesn't happen overnight so I'm glad that you brought that up because I think it's super important So,
1: yeah, what are your thoughts about that? The reason that is so important is because you, you can build more disbelief if you're mm. not careful in yourself. So if you keep trying things and fail, then you think, well, this is not going to work for me. It's never going to work for me. It works for other people, not for me. Or, mm. you know, I've tried and failed, I've tried and failed. I'm somebody that doesn't succeed. And, and that goes in. You know, that's, that's what you believe about yourself. Whereas if you, you know, make things – Enable yourself to create some success. So, like like I say, these these steps are, are all steps that you need to take and keep taking. Not just pick one. You know, they all work together. Um, so, when you're working on your belief, when you're working on your strengths, and you're also you know working on those habits, you know, when you when you start to think right, okay, I'm going to stop avoiding something. I'm just going to take one step. You take that one baby step you've created a little bit of success mm-hmm. and you've shown your brain that you're somebody that achieves things mm-hmm. when, they, when, when when you put your mind to it. So when you're intentional and you you set very manageable pieces, you are creating that belief in yourself. You're showing yourself and that builds confidence. And each baby step you take can can help to build that belief bank account and so I think that's a really important concept. So the more you sort of beat yourself up and, and don't succeed and, and and those kind of things, you know, think of that as, as a hefty withdrawal. <laughs> yeah.
0: I also think, though, that in this space, people also don't take the time to reflect on the successes or things they have done, right? We're very quick to go, yeah. this failed, this sucked, I didn't do this. But one of the things that I do with my own women that I work with is I'm, as I encourage them to... I've got a gratitude board, for example, and it's got five pegs and every positive note that I get from people or whatever goes, there's you know hundreds of them on there, right? And I, if I'm imposter syndrome starts keeping in self-doubt, I just literally look over my computer like I am right now and like, okay, yep, is is that story of what I'm thinking validated? Nope, because the gratitude board is telling me something else. Or that success journal. I say, if you don't have a gratitude board, what is your success journal? Because what evidence do you have, right, that this isn't going to work? But I love that the, the words that you use like the belief bank, right? The more of that bank that you build up, you're not going to have the evidence to prove your dreaming brain any different, right? So there's no part mm. believing in that anymore, because there's no evidence to show that. But again, it's, it goes back to that self discovery and creating that time and space, Emma, to be able to do this stuff, right? And, and that's the thing is, mindset work, people make it out being all, I think, you know, all sexy, you know, and all this. But the reality of it is, is it isn't necessarily sexy, right? Like it's work for a reason that you have to end up doing. I think there's a quote that again, I post on my Instagram one day, and it says something like, personal growth is misleading, because it sounds like it's going to be fun. But if we called it deliberately making yourself so uncomfortable, it will feel like you're dying, nobody would do it, and we'd be totally screwed, right? But it is, <laughs> it's like, it's not necessarily easy, right? As in like, that's why people being able to access your membership or access your one-to-one or access your course is so important because I think we can get so far In killing the imposter syndrome and doing working our beliefs, but there's normally someone else that we're too close to it that we need that guidance to kind of unpack it even more from a neutral perspective and, and a non, you know, biased non emotional perspective right so I just I really love though that you've talked about those beliefs bank because I think it's, you know, it's just imperative that you're building that bank up
1: yeah for sure and then I, I i really want to share step five because i think you'll love this um mm-hmm. and i'm from from seeing your your kind of community um i think this is something that's really going to resonate with you the step five is believing mirrors right this concept that julia cameron came up with in her book the artist's way and this is about Um, connecting with people who can reflect back to you their belief in you. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, you know, we can borrow belief from other people. So connecting with and keeping the company of people who you trust, who believe in you, who are able to reflect that back to you. You know, you don't even need that many people. You know, maybe you just even need one person to believe in you. But so many more will if you let them and you open yourself up to it um it's hard to see our whole self and being with other people who can do that for us that can give us that bigger perspective
0: And again though but it's like that's what I was just saying though that bigger perspective and that ability for us to just get out of what we've been telling ourselves and other people to valid like um just not discount is that the word I'm looking for to like give us the the opposite of what we've been telling ourselves right like they're like actually no that's wrong that's wrong. That's wrong. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, well, there's no evidence to prove. Okay, I'm getting proven otherwise, right? So it yeah. is so important. But I mean, just in general, surrounding yourself with the right people, you know, also, I think has this powerful energy to it. And also, you're less likely because when you're around other positive people, I find anyways, that the imposter syndrome isn't there as often. I don't know what are, have you noticed that yeah. for yourself also when, with like masterminds yeah. or groups
1: that you're in? Yeah, and I think what's interesting is, and, and I think a lot of people will resonate with this, how many times have you sat in a room and thought, oh my gosh, they've got their stuff really sorted out. They're so much better than me. And then you've got to know them and you kind of go, oh, they go through the same stuff too. Uh-huh. <laughs> they don't have it all figured out. It's actually quite messy for them, you know. So when you connect in this real real way with people, um, you're able to access that You're able to access you know more of the reality for for other people and for them to you know say say what they see about you you know say what they value about you and what they see is great about you and your strengths that shine through that maybe you can't see for yourself
0: one of the things that I like that I've seen done and I also do it at my own like live events are these things called love notes and so at the end of, so if I do a hot seat call or a session with someone, I'll then turn to the table and I make these little cards and they've got the little like a love sticker on them. And I'll say, now each of you need to write a love note about this particular client and what you see in them and the value that they bring, right? And they'll be like women just crying of these love notes, right? It's like there's something that shifts them. And so I love it. And I, and I said to them, stick them on your computer because that, again, what, how you're calling it, those belief banks, right, is those little um, little bits are adding up to bigger the bigger picture. Right. It's, that's where, again, where it starts to shift old habits, you know, um, and again, you you're switching your old beliefs to new beliefs. So, again, I love a good love note scenario. I just think it's super powerful, but super simple, too.
1: Yeah, I love that idea. And simple is always best. So these tips are really great for people who are, you know, leading communities, um, leading masterminds, you know, the more you can help people with that sense of who they are, the more you can help them feel like they belong, then the more, you know, we're attending to those real deep needs that we have, and less likely those imposter feelings are going to rear up and, you know, hold hold people back.
0: Mm-hmm. Nope. I love it. And so just to recap those five steps that people can start to take to really squash the imposter syndrome. Uh, step one is having a healthy perspective step two really looking at the self-discovery step three is understanding you know your strengths step four is looking at those habits and step five is those uh, am I saying it correctly the believing mirrors is that right Yeah, yeah yeah and so again these are all things that if any one of you are listening out there and imposter syndrome is something you you know comes into your world quite regularly start with this. if you can start with the things that mm have talked today is the thing is is you're going to have insight and in my opinion is when you have insight you then are more open to change because you've actually named it and you can do something about it if you choose to right? And again I'll go back to choice. you have choices what you do with this now. let imposter syndrome show up in your world or don't let it show up in your world. But what I say is don't bitch about it if you don't do anything about it, right? Like the choice is yours. It's your responsibility what you do with this. So Emma, for those people that are are like, damn, okay. The reality Mm -hmm. of me sitting down and maybe doing this, I can probably do it. I can do it while I'm driving, again, busy, right? You know, I can listen to this podcast again and I'll do this, or I might sit down and journal about it for a minute. But I'm probably, you know, I'm going to have to do a little bit more deeper work. How can people connect with you? Um, like via your website, via Instagram. What's the best way for people to connect with you and start to learn more about this?
1: Yeah, so I'm on Instagram, and if people want to um to follow me at um, Emma the Mindset Coach then I'm talking about this stuff all the time. I love having conversations on there about the stuff that I post and the tips that I share. Um, the, the key thing and just hearing what you're saying about people people know this stuff and then don't do things with it. <laughs> There's a great opportunity coming up next month. I'm opening up my um, free five-day challenge where I am actually going to be taking people through some of the steps that I've talked about here. So literally in the space of five days, you can go from feeling like a fraud to really owning your uniqueness. and um, That's going to help you take um, much better action in your business. So that's happening, re-commencing the 19th of April, and the link will be with this podcast.
0: It did fantastic. I love it. And for those that are out there that are wanting to dive a little bit deeper, again, you want to test drive, Emma, get a feeling for it, because we all love to have a good test drive. Do the challenge. Set some time in your diary. Do the work, because... I'm telling you for myself, both working with healing, you know, healers and energy healers and all these other people in my world is that, I, you know, my success, there's a direct correlation with working with this. Right. There's a reason why imposter syndrome isn't in my world as much as it used to be a decade ago when I first started business like we all can, you know, build stronger mindsets, is what the reality of it is, and really nail that imposter syndrome. My final question, Emma, that I'd like to say to you is, what do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started out in
1: business? (laughs) That's a great question, isn't it? Um, I think it would be that it would be pay attention to the business foundations. Like, don't get so distracted by these fast results and coaches that are promising, uh, you know, get to this level by this time. Because I think, you know, what I've really learned is getting the foundations, the good habits, the consistent practices in place. Yeah, maybe not be sexy, but it is the stuff that's going to help you build a business for the longer term, not just, you know, short term win.
0: <laughs> no, exactly. And it's, and it's about creating sustainable businesses. I talk about this yeah. all the time. If you are here for the long run, it is about sustainability. Little yeah. bit by little bit by little bit. And I say it all the time about, you know, you've got a house. It can either be a business made out of hay or a business made out of straw like the three little pigs. It's structurally there, but that shit's probably going to collapse at some stage. Or a <laughs> sustainable business made of bricks, right? And little by little, it will start to grow and it will be more and more solid. And then again, it's going to be more and more durable. And building a house of bricks doesn't, it takes a lot longer than a house of sticks and hay, right? But again, it's sustainable for both short and long-term growth. So I'm all about developing that sustainability. Now for the rest of you, I just want to say, I'll be putting together the show notes for this episode at AngelaHenderson.com.au where you'll be able to access all of Emma's links and also be able to access that amazing five-day challenge that she has coming up in just a few weeks. Emma, thank you so much for taking time out. I know you're over in the UK today while I'm in Australia. So I really appreciate your willingness to come on and share your tips and valuable information today. So thank you so much. And for you amazing human who have been listening to the podcast, I hope you have an amazing day, a wonderful week, and I look forward to you joining me next week for another awesome episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. Thanks again, Emma. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson. www.angelahenderson.com.au